Later that day, after the circus had rolled into the centre of Hannah's town and set up camp in the park, after the animals had been settled and fed, after a huge stew had been cooked on an open fire in an iron pot the size of a witch's cauldron and gobbled up in five minutes flat, the shank troop paraded along the high street to drum up some trade for the evening show. At the front was Maurice, the trapeze artist, whose name is pronounced Maurice, as if you are gargling an espresso of pond water. If you said his name without enough pond water in your gargle, Maurice pretended not to hear you. Maurice was French. In fact, he was so proud of being French that he actually became slightly ratty if any other French people came within range, causing him to increase his Frenchness in order to ensure that he was always the most French person in his immediate vicinity. This was why he'd been forced to emigrate. Living with such a high level of competitive Frenchness in France itself was simply too exhausting. Unconnected to this problematic patriotism, but at the very heart of his trapeze artistry was Maurice's curious habit of smearing himself in baby oil from head to toe before every performance or public appearance. He liked the way the theatre lights glistened against his muscled chest, which he shaved every morning with a, whisper it, razor. He just loved to be shiny. The effect of his baby oil shine wasn't quite so impressive in daylight, but... On the parade into town, Maurice made more than up for it by his usual method of forward propulsion. He didn't walk, he didn't run, he didn't saunter, stride or march. He tumbled. Forward rolls and somersaults, back flips and mid-air twizzles, cartwheels and swallow dives. These were Maurice's moves, and he choreographed them with casual perfection. His face puckered all the while into a wonky half-smile which seemed to say, Me, a genius of physical agility, the human form at its most exquisite, masculinity raised to a superhuman level of perfection. Oh no, you exaggerate. I am just a humble Frenchman who happens to have been blessed with a few modestly dazzling skills. The only person in the circus who agreed with Maurice's opinion of his own genius was Irena his Russian assistant, who only ever wore the world's smallest bikini, except in midwinter, when she added a dressing gown the size of a baby's cardigan. Irena ran alongside Maurice, spreading her arms in a Did you see that? amazement every time he did a move, following up with a circular clapping motion as if she was stirring a huge saucepan containing a clap casserole. This was supposed to generate applause, and it usually worked. Irena was Maurice's trapeze assistant, choreographer, costumier, chef, bodyguard, driver, masseur, moustachier, talcum powderer, groomer-in-chief, personal trainer, psychotherapist, physiotherapist, aromatherapist and girlfriend. Like Maurice, Irena loved to glisten, except she had to settle for shine-free arms and legs so she wouldn't be too slippery for him to throw her up in the air and catch her. Once, he squeezed her a little too tightly, and she shot up in the air and got stuck in a tree. That led to a huge row, because he wanted her to stop using baby oil together, but she thought it was unfair for him to be shinier than her. Maurice was almost as competitive about shininess as he was about Frenchness. He was a very competitive man. On rare occasions that he met someone more competitive than himself, he even became competitive about being competitive. Apart from the occasional dispute about the oiling issue, Maurice and Irena seemed most of the time to be deeply in love. 
This made for quite a contrast with the twins, Hank and Frank, who were immediately behind them in the parade. Hank and Frank had been working together since they were zero years old, and were often said to be the best twin-clown pairing since Hoopy and Doopy, the Finn twins who had been tragically wiped out when a frying pan in the face gag was so perfectly executed that the laughter had triggered an avalanche, which sent them and their whole big top to the bottom of a half-frozen lake from which, it was said, bubbles of laughter still sometimes rose up to the surface, giggling as they burst into the air. But that's another story. Hank and Frank simply didn't get on. They hadn't said a kind word to one another since, well, since they'd learned to talk. Things had started badly when Hank was halfway born and Frank had pulled him back by the ankles because he wanted to come out first. Since then, year after year, they had only become more argumentative, but as their comedy routine revolved around throwing things at one another, whacking each other on the head and tripping one another over, 